0: Our first scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm 72, verses 8 through 11. Hear now the word of the Lord. He will rule from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. The desert tribes will bow before him, and his enemies will lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and of distant shores will bring tribute to him. The kings of Sheba and Seba will bring him gifts. All kings will bow down to him, and all nations. Will serve him. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Hear now the word of the Lord. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this is our first worship service of the new year. New year... Uh, The New Year's time is an interesting one because when you really step back and think about it, there's not much tangible difference between January 1st and December 31st. And yet we tend to place a lot of significance on that simple change. The New Year's is a perfect time, we think, to look at things with a fresh perspective, to look back at the year that's just ended and reflect on the ways that things have gone To look at the year that's just beginning, maybe even the decade that's coming, and to think about what we hope for, what we are looking for, what we want to strive towards in the coming days and in the coming years. It's an opportunity for us to reflect, to take a step back from what we've been doing so that we can see things with clear eyes and a fresh perspective. Sometimes I think this is a beneficial thing for us to do in the church, too, because we have these stories, these things that we have heard for our whole lives or for years, and we become accustomed to them. We hear these Bible stories, we hear these tales from the Gospels, and think they're just normal, they're just par for the course, when the truth is, every single one of them is amazing and surprising And we should be awestruck every time that we encounter them. Jesus, after all, was confusing. If you look through the scriptures, nobody knew what to make of him at the time. Nobody knew how to understand the things that he said. Even less so the things that he did. The miracles that he worked. Jesus was confusing and surprising at every turn. And so... It made sense that God had to work so that people could understand what was happening. As we move out of the season of Christmastide and into the season of Epiphany within the church, as we celebrate Epiphany today, what we're celebrating is the moment in which the Magi arrived at Jesus' cradle-side and knew That God revealed to them what was happening. Epiphany is about revelation. It's about seeing what God is doing and what God has already done through Jesus Christ, even though it's confusing. It's about understanding God's revealed work in our world. In other words, it's about trying to understand what it is that God has in store. So many times we make resolutions as we enter into this new year. We uh, resolve that we're going to eat better or go to the gym. We might resolve to read our Bibles every day or uh, spend more time with our families or the people that we care about. We resolve all sorts of things, and sometimes, sometimes we make it to the end of the year. More often, though, we kind of fall off or maybe we limp to the finish line, but Most commonly, I think, people end up not following through. But the whole reason for making a resolution at the start of a new year is because you know where you want to end up. You see a change and you want to go there. Well, as we look towards the future, as we think about what it is that we want this year to look like, we have to ask ourselves two questions. First, is how do we understand what God has in store for us? How do we come to see what God wants us to do? And then the second question is, what does it mean to live a faithful life this year? If our actions, if we're going to resolve to live in a way that's uh, faithful and committed to serving God and how do we know what to do from one moment to the next? Well, in this first sermon series, over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at those questions. We're going to be looking at how does God reveal his will for our lives? How can we understand what God has in store and what God wants from us? After all, epiphany is about revelation. Some of the best ways that we can learn to see our current lives through fresh eyes, is to look with fresh eyes back at the stories that we've gotten so accustomed to. This one, in particular, has so many details, so much nuance that we might miss because, frankly, we don't know anybody like the Magi. We live so far detached from first century Judea that a lot of the details of this story just kind of go over our heads, and we're not to blame for that. We don't encounter kings or magis or anything like that on a daily basis, maybe never in our lives. And so what we find in this story is a group of people from a foreign land coming to Judea looking for a king, looking to follow a star that they see in the sky. But even there, there are facts, there are details of this story that we're missing. After all... Do you know what a magi was? I'll give you a hint. It's the same word that our current word magician comes from. See, the magi were holy men. They were fortune tellers of a a different religion. They were part of uh, the Zoroastrian faith, which is the native faith of Iran, modern-day Iran. And what they would do is they would watch the stars, they were astrologists, and use that to try and predict the future, to try and prophesy what their God was telling them. And beyond that, they also would gather together in a temple in which a fire was kept burning at all times, and they would make their offerings to the temple and to the fire. This is important, we'll come back to it, but just know this for now, they were... Not only practitioners, but important people in a different faith. And they looked up, and they saw a star, and they knew that something significant was happening. And so they did the only thing that they knew to do, which was to follow it. They didn't know what what exactly was going on, but they knew that they needed to be there for it. And so they went to Israel. And they went to... Herod, to King Herod, who was overseeing the land, and they said to him, where can we find the king of the Jews? Now put yourself in Herod's shoes for a moment here. If foreign prophets came and said to the king, where can we find the king of the Jews? And you knew that they weren't talking about you, you'd probably have cause for concern. This would probably be something to worry about. And so Herod called together all of the priests, all of the people who knew the prophecies of what a Messiah would look like when he came. And from them, he found out that this Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. So he told the Magi, You keep following your star. Go and find this child. And when you find him, let me know so that I can come too, so that I can find him as well. And so the Magi went, they kept following their star, knowing the prophecy in full now, having heard it from the priests, and they find Jesus. And I have no doubt that he was not what they were expecting to find. And yet they do something amazing. When these holy men from another religion found Jesus, they bowed and worshiped him they made offerings to him they recognized before anyone else that they were standing in the presence of God now i mentioned before that they made their offerings to the temple and to this fire and that's why this is why that was important because when they would make their offerings to the temple what would they offer but gold When they would make their offerings to the fire, they would put incense, things like frankincense perhaps, or aromatic woods, things like sandalwood or myrrh, on the fire, because that was how they knew to offer to their gods. But when they got to Jesus, they realized, no, this is who we should be making our offerings to. See, this is an amazing story if you know the details. It's an amazing story if you step back And look at it through a different lens because there's so much that's happening. And the most significant thing is that it wasn't the priests who understood, it wasn't the scribes who first recognized what God was doing through Jesus Christ, it was foreign visitors who came. The first people to recognize Jesus for who he was were the ones who had the least reason to expect him. And yet, when they saw the star, they knew that something was happening because their eyes were open. And when they saw Jesus, they understood that he was God and they laid down their offerings to him. How amazing is it that simply the presence of of the newborn Jesus was enough to convert priests of a different religion. It can be disheartening for us sometimes to look around at the world. We all know people who have gone through so much. Our world is full of pain and sadness and struggles. And sometimes we see people who we think, man, they really need they really need the hope that comes through Jesus Christ but i don't think that they will ever know it it's so easy to think that people are too far gone or a lost cause that we can spread we can try and tell them the good news but we sincerely doubt that they'll hear it i'm prone to thinking that way too at times i think we all are but Over this Christmas break, something amazing happened to me. I had an experience with a child. Uh, My wife has a cousin. She has two cousins, actually, who live in Ohio. And we meet with them at their grandma's house in Florida every year. One of these cousins is getting married. I'm getting to do the wedding. I'm very excited. It'll be my first wedding. um, Unless one of y'all moves quickly. (laughs) And the other one has two children already, an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. The six-year-old is named Lila, and she's the main character of this story, Uh, and she is a character. I'll tell you what. Well, after her aunt, after Kelsey's cousin asked me to do the wedding, I was off playing with the eight-year-old, and they were talking in the next room. I don't think they they knew that I could hear, but I could, and somebody made a comment about how I was going to do the wedding, and Lila was shocked by this. She said, Zach's going to do the wedding, and Her mom said, yeah, he's he's a pastor. He's he's going to be the pastor at the wedding. She goes, he's a pastor? She said, yeah, he's got a church. He has a church? He is so lucky. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, he gets to tell people about Jesus every day. And I heard that, and it stuck with me. Out of the mouths of babes come some of the most powerful truths. And as I was down there for the rest of that trip as we were coming back up here and since i've been here all i can think about is it is lucky to get to tell people about jesus but i'm not the only one who's lucky to do it we are all lucky that we can tell people about jesus it's one of the best blessings that we have and in truth it's all we're called to We're not called to worry about whether people will be receptive or whether we think that it'll fall on deaf ears. We're just called to tell them. Because at the end of the day, it's not up to us, but it's up to God alone. So that fear, that concern about how we'll be heard, that is something that we need to lay on the altar as well. It's out of our hands. But there's another fear that comes And another fear that's shown in this story, it's the fear of change. It's the fear of something new. Because where the Magi saw hope in a star, where they found hope in the Christ child, the king and the scribes and all of the priests saw a threat. And they missed the whole point. They missed all of the joy that there was to be found in that miracle of Christmas Friends, don't be afraid of holy surprises. When God catches you off guard, when God challenges the way that things have been or threatens the status quo, it's because he's got something better. The truth is, God can work through anything. God can use any circumstance for his glory. So all we're called to do is to point people to Jesus and trust God to handle the rest. After all, just look at the magi. The star pointed them to the newborn king, and they didn't know how to worship. They didn't know what to expect, yet when they got there, they bowed down. Before that, they didn't even believe in the true God, and yet they were convinced by Jesus God does what we can't. God does things that we can't even imagine, and he works through things that we would never expect. So as we think about this question of how do we see God, and how do we live faithfully, there are a couple of things that we can do. The first way that we can see God is this. Watch diligently. Watch openly. And when you see a sign... When you see an opportunity, don't be afraid, and don't be afraid to be surprised by God. You might not get a star, but I'll tell you what we do have. You do have Scripture. One of the best ways to see what God might be doing now is to see what God has done before. And another thing is that you have the church we have all of the Christians who've gone before and all of the Christians around the world right now who we can spend our time with, who we can engage with, and who can help point us towards God. God can use bad things like Herod, too. Situations that seem irredeemable, that seem just absolutely awful, might be opportunities for us to see God in ways that we didn't think were possible. The best way to prepare for that is simply to pray. And as far as how do we live faithful lives, well, if you can't find the best way, if you don't know what else to do, if all else fails, then do this. Just point people back to Jesus and let God take care of the rest. Thanks be to God who does what we can't. Amen.